Um, we uh, will then move on to public comment. I have four cards here from people um, who would like to speak. Please keep your comments to three minutes or less. Um, and if uh, somebody before you has made an argument that you would like to make, it would really be helpful if you would just say, I agree with the person before me on this issue. Um, first up is uh, Susan Athenson. Sorry, let me just get, make sure I have the right page here. Oh, excuse me, I think I left my statement back there. Hang on. Okay, good evening, Mayor Pandy Leon and City Council members. I am Susan Athenson. I am president of the Lake Forest Preservation Foundation. Um, we sent you an opinion earlier today, and so tonight I was just going to read a portion of that statement. Um, as the City Council is well aware, the last iteration of Phase 3 of the McKinley Road Development Project generated vehement and widespread public op opposition for one simple reason. Those responsible substantially deviated from the 2016 Master Redevelopment Plan for Phase 3, thereby ignoring the consensus of the community on which the project was based. As envisioned in that plan, there would be a single-family home or duplex on the lot facing Westminster with a multi-family building behind it, which would extend no further north than Phase 1 building. This configuration achieved two objectives important to the community. First, it would preserve the historic residential streetscape of Westminster, one of the main entrances to the East Lake Forest Historic District. Second, by setting the Phase 3 building back from the single-family home or duplex, it would avoid the mistake that occurred with respect to 351 East Westminster, where the historic house was saved, but the condominium was built almost on top of it, overpowering the smaller residents. Following the developer's purchase of an adjoining property, 361 East Westminster, Phase 3 changed dramatically. Instead of a single-family home fronting Westminster, a much larger condominium building was proposed that mimicked the Phase 1 and Phase 2 buildings and would stretch all the way to Westminster. Not surprisingly, such a structure failed to meet the 17 standards applied by the HPC and a certificate of appropriateness was denied by a 6-to-1 vote. The petitioner appealed to this council, which upheld the decision of the HPC. At the time, the foundation submitted a memorandum to the city council in support of the HPC's decision and offered an alternative. We suggested that the petitioner should consider putting a single-family home on the front lot and the condominium building behind, consistent with a 2016 master plan. Instead, the petitioner filed suit against the city and all those who publicly voiced their views at the meeting. More than one year later, having failed to prevail on any claims, 361 Westminster LLC is back before the City Council seeking to resolve the lawsuit by proposing to put a single-family home on the lot facing Westminster with Building 3 behind it. While this is a positive development, 
the foundation has concerns with a settlement agreement because the newly proposed Building 3 still materially deviates from the 2016 master plan <coughs> in two ways. First, the footprint for Building 3 is now much larger than originally proposed by approximately 4,800 square feet. Second, the increase in square footages is all up front, directly behind the proposed single-family home, with the proposed Building 3 being constructed approximately 60 feet further north than Building 1. As a result, there is a real danger that it will encroach and overpower the proposed single-family home and undermine the historic integrity of the surrounding area. While the proposal leaves out key details such as height, design, roof shapes, or roof living space, among other things, the footprint suggests that it will remain the same monolithic structure that simply does not comply with the HPC standards. In conclusion, the foundation suggests that the settlement agreement be modified so that the proposed site plan be made consistent with the 2016 master plan, the guiding development document, and the site plan that was part of the original PSA. The 2016 master plan was agreed to by all parties and allows for sensitive development in a historic neighborhood. The foundation also questions why the conveyance of the library spaces was removed. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you. Next up, uh, Jeff Tarosian. Morning, uh, after, evening, Council. Uh, Jeff Tarosian, 401 East Westminster. Um, when we first heard about um, rumors in town that were, uh, I guess, coming from Todd Altunian, that there was a settlement, we were actually pleased. I was a little surprised considering there are literally six law firms on our side of the V in the litigation that uh, Kurt didn't reach out to anyone to think, uh, to hear what we thought about the plan that was going to get submitted. Uh, and the first we heard of it was through rumors. Uh, but we were pleased that the settlement would finally put this to rest. Um, unfortunately, this deal doesn't really do it for the city. It's a terrible deal for the city. First of all, you're going to win the litigation. It's, it's a no-brainer. You're going to win the litigation. I understand the PSA is still in place at the end of that. But what you're doing in this deal is you are taking less money for this property, half. You are giving another $250,000 credit for something you don't need to pay for, which means you are giving a half-acre of city property away for free in order to resolve a lawsuit that you're going to win. And to do that, you are agreeing, although you're, you're saying in some parts that you're, you're not suggesting you agree to this plan, but in other parts you're saying you like this plan. So I think at the very least, city council has to be clear, you are not endorsing in any way this plan. Because if you do, you're taking the duties away from HPC. If you endorse the lot lines and the setbacks that are written in the settlement plan, if you say that they're a good plan like you just did, Mayor, if you say they look pretty good like you did, uh, Alderman Weber, um, that's taking the duties away from the HPC and that's not fair. That's not providing them with the opportunity to do their work. If I can just submit two pass outs, and if, uh, if I can approach, 
Maybe take them over to the table. We're going to keep this to three minutes, right? Yeah, I, I am. I just have. I just want you to see this. One of each. <clears throat> yes, correct. Should I be separated? Each one gets two. One packet piece. Pass it on. Yeah. I'm giving them as a packet. Yes, pass them on. <clears throat> So, uh, Please wrap up your comments. Yeah, I will. Please, uh, now that you have them in front of you, you're looking at two things. They're both a picture of the plan, the settlement plan that the developer is going to propose. On one of them, we've drawn in the building from the 2016 master plan. The community did not object to that plan. We did not object to that plan. That was a good plan. It provided a $500,000 payment to the city for a condo building and a single-family house. And this plan is way bigger in a condo building than the original 2016 plan. This community has never fought against that plan. This community is in favor of that plan. But this developer is incapable of providing a plan that comports with the 2016 master plan. And by settling this lawsuit, you are allowing the developer to try yet again the same plan that he just got rejected in 2021 because you're nervous there's a new judge. A new judge is a fantastic judge. The new judge is going to make the right decision and uphold the HPC. There's no risk there. And what you're doing is allowing this developer to go back and do, redo their 2021 plan, albeit with a single family house in front, but the condo building is just pushed back. It's, it's a lot bigger than the 2016 master plan, and we'd ask that you Stay the course, reject this settlement plan, and let the court make a decision. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next up is Rami Lopat. So far, we're batting zero on keeping this to three minutes, so please respect <laughs> the timeline. Try my best. My name is Rami Lobat. Good evening. Thank you. Um, this project review process so confounded me two years ago that I took time to read through every set of city council, plan commission, and library meeting minutes back to 2011 just to understand how we got in, for lack of a better word, such a mess. A mess that didn't treat either the developer or the neighborhood or the public fairly. And it eventually resulted in the developers suing the city and many people who testified for or against this 361 Westminster condominium project. Seems everybody involved has an ax to grind about how this process unfolded. So let's look, look, look back quickly. On January 7th, 
2017, the City Council approved, with not one question asked, a term sheet to swap land with the developer so that the library could get extra parking. The minutes read, also read, the overall development would also provide for common open space in the area north of the library, pedestrian pathways, and landscaped streetscapes. On May 7, 2017, a few months later, you approved a purchase agreement based on a fair market value assessment. Again, no questions asked, including why this property sale was not bid out or even auctioned. Um, so, no questions asked or no few uh, uh, conditions of stipulation is precisely what I don't want to have happen tonight. In fact, there's a lot of questions that deserve to be asked and answered clearly, and primary among them being why taxpayers are being asked not to get the original 500,000 for one half acre of land, which we own, but only 250,000, even though market conditions have improved markedly since 2016. Many residents do not understand how this property sale started and where it's headed now especially given how well we seem to be faring in court. Late this afternoon, I sent you written testimony after reading this proposed settlement for the first time just this morning. Please do not approve this settlement, especially without asking more questions or going through all the points I raised. There are so many I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed in this document. Here's, a few, here's six points out of many others. One, the dates for commission reviews should be flexible to allow for multiple meetings and keeping the hearing record open. Two, plans and diagrams should be kept out of this settlement. Their inclusion gives the impression of tacit approval of the physical plan by the city council. Remember that, and this was brought up by Ms. Athenson, the plan commission stated in 2017 that careful attention, this is a quote, should be given to providing for appropriate transitions to and buffering of the properties around, including increasing the setbacks beyond minimum setbacks. Um, it goes on to be to say a plan should be developed to allow the library to continue to use a portion of the Westminster site for overflow parking even during construction. Those conditions seem to have been dropped along the way, but they're deserving of being adhered to. Um, and the commissions should achieve these goals at long last. Um, another important and vital point in this settlement, which I hope you'll answer, is, and I think we have heard that answer, did the library's needs get dropped wholesale by deleting Part 3, Section 4G, Improvement and Conveyance of the Parking Area. That, that title was not even put in this agreement. We didn't know until I went back to the purchase agreement, which was included in the lawsuit, in the developer's lawsuit. I had to go there to see the purchase agreement. You can't see that that library got dropped. The library gets no parking at a minimum. It should get parking, fencing, landscaping, asphalting. It should get green space. Please, please wrap up your comments. I shall. Thank you. This settlement does not work for the city as a whole. I hope you will send the lawyers back to the drawing board and include the neighbors, the library, the Lake Forest Preservation Foundation, even the HOAs at the negotiating table. And most of all, I hope you'll direct the staff to perform a detailed post-mortem on this project so that we can be assured of transparency, 
fairness and maximum citizen and neighborhood inclusion in all future development projects. Thank you so much for your attention. Uh, Todd Curry. I will keep this to three minutes. I'm Todd Curry. I live at 360 East Westminster, directly across from the 361 lot in a 150-year-old historic home. I am very happy to see the city's leadership on this, and I believe that there is a lot of good here. Uh, I think, as a matter of process, we, as a set of neighbors, could have been consulted in a way that didn't expose the city to risk, but I hope that this forum tonight can serve as a bit of uh, a moment where we can offer a few suggestions that I think could uh, you know, represent reasonable points to make this plan even better. Two of them are, are community impact, four are conditional on something Kurt said that I'll come back to in a moment. So the two, the, the most important point that I would leave for the city to weigh and consider is that if the condo building is allowed to be built first, it is reasonable to anticipate that there can be an opportunity for the builder to come back and ask to build a condo building facing Westminster on the, on the street. And I think that's a situation that we all want to avoid. We've actively tried to avoid. The drawings that are submitted indeed actively avoid that. So it seems reasonable to me to simply ask um, the first property removed from Westminster was the one at 361. Can we simply ask for the single-family home at 361 to be the first one built? It then, I think, eliminates a lot of points of potential contention down the road. The second is, after enduring four years of building over the past five years, I would ask simply that we consider a mercy rule, and that there to be no Sunday work of any kind on the lot after years and years of beep, beep, seven days a week. The other four points that I'll make are really based on uh, sort of whether the city is, through this settlement agreement, binding the HPC in plan. If they are not, then these may be moot. But if they are, I would argue that the city has to give direction as to the standards that will be applied on this property, that residential standards, because it's in the historic district, uh, be, because it is sitting in close proximity to residential properties, that residential standards must be upheld, used in its construction, that the square footage and height be specified, if indeed this is going to be binding, and that there be absolutely no rooftop decks of any kind. This is not Highwood, this is not Wrigleyville, this is the historic district of Lake Forest, and they are not appropriate uh, in, in this part of Lake Forest. Uh, the last is I would, you know, argue to the extent that it can be avoided that we bypass, that we, you know, do not bypass plan at HPC. Again, much progress made. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, next is Art Miller. Hello, I'm Art Miller. Uh, 1100 Pembridge Drive, apartment 343. Uh, um, I follow this routinely as it's gone developed along. Um, and I guess I'm trying to figure out what's changed, what's making people so happy about this arrangement. Um, the 
there were eight units arranged for originally. They will have seven, six or seven, or certainly places in their new condominium building, plus they will have a single-family home. Uh, a driveway will go so close to that sec second family, second single-family home that um, it's going to seem very urban, certainly there. Uh, it's very closely close to that. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, then these, all these other concessions have been made to satisfy them, but they're going to be selling the same amount of material. I don't know about square feet, but whether it's six or seven units, they, there's almost no slippage for them. Um, a single-family home would sell well um, if it was done right. And so um, I guess I'm confused about how there are so many things that are great. The good thing is that there is a house on Westminster um, that should have been from the start, and now it is in there. But it seems like so many concessions are being made that it makes one wonder. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next is Sally Downey. I'm Sally Downey, 475 East Westminster. It's deja vu all over again. Same players, same council room, same lack of communication of the neighborhood. And as a plan that at first glance looks very close to the 2016 master plan that called for a condo on the south parcel and a single family home or duplex fronting Westminster. Only this condo's footprint is bigger due to redrawn lot lines. The absurdity should not be lost on any of us. Tonight, those most directly impacted get three minutes each to speak while the developer has been afforded months of discussions with the city to, to hatch his newest plan. Here's what I have to say. Despite being labeled anti-development, the Westminster neighbors have always understood there would be something on the city lot. The city made it quite clear that it had to be beneficial to the city financially, so preserving green space was never an option. We can all argue about what is right to do, what the right thing to do is with a half an acre in the historic district, but you have drawn your line, and so we would like to be crystal clear about ours. One. Voting for this recommended settlement tonight as it is currently proposed will tie the hands of your committees. The developer's drawings show setbacks, new property lines drawn, which is the job of the plan commission, and detailed designs of the house which are not the purview of the historic, which are the purview of the historic district, pres historic preservation committee, commission. Do not, I repeat, do not do what you've done in the past years and either overrule or bypass the plan commission or hamstring the HPC. All you need to do is watch how we got into this mess in the first place. Watch former HPC chairman Bruce Grieve in his last meeting before he resigned. Basically tell his commissioners that they may not like the dealer design, but the city tied their hands. We ask that you remove the drawings so that the developer and his lawyer don't mistake your vote as consent to build as currently specified. Can we please try putting process before the petitioner? Number two, the settlement contract you are currently proposing should not have design, scale, or lot lines called out, but you city council should specify that the condo in the house will be built with a residential scale and according to the 17 standards that have guided our beautiful city for years. Basic guardrails are imperative before it goes through the commissions. 
the neighbors are rightfully concerned and suspicious as to why the Westminster facing house design has so much detail, but there is almost none on the condo. This settlement should have language about guaranteeing that a house must be, must be designed and built fronting Westminster. There's currently nothing that prevents a developer from building their bread and butter condo and then walking away. Number three, the council should also have in the settlement that no staging will be done on either of its newly garnered city property nor his adjacent land, formerly known as the Donovan property. They, like every other builder in Lake Forest, can find alternative places to put their equipment. We have lived with their construction and their mess for years. Please treat them like <coughs> you do other builders. This is not a lot to ask for. Had you invited us to the table earlier, years earlier, we could have avoided all of this. Yes, we still have issues with the developer utilizing the extra 38 feet from the Donovan property that the city council approved after the plan, after plan rejected it. And yes, we will have zero tolerance for the developers trying to sneak another rooftop on the neighborhood, but we have chosen to take it to the commissions. My final thoughts are this. Under purpose and action requested in the settlement agreement, you have written, quote, efforts towards settlement of this litigation are being pursued to avoid further expense and uncertainties, and ideally to allow par parties in the community as a whole to move forward in a productive and positive direction. While all parties weren't included in the discussion of a lawsuit, the city was actually winning. Hence the reason Mr. Altunian kept appealing. The other parties and their council were aware of the settlement talks and the neighbors are never alerted to anything. But luckily we have a developer who likes to talk and city service people and people affiliated at the library who've let us know since early summer that this condo was gonna happen because the mayor wanted it. We were given a date of March 2023 for groundbreaking. We thought they had to be rumors when the city was successfully funding Wrap up the your suit. comments. I have two more paragraphs and I'll bring up somebody to give me three more minutes. We thought they had to be rumors when the city was successfully fighting the suit, but all of us knew that the past years where there's smoke, there's fire. My last comment is regard to the lack of support you have given the neighbors and those who were named the lawsuits. You may be out of money, but collectively the neighbors and others have spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to protect our neighborhood that should have been protected by the 17 standards. Lawyers, drones, historic experts were hired because we have chosen to live in this historic area and abide by the standards that these developers and you, the city council, have chosen to ignore. And where was your support of your fellow aldermen? You chose to never address the media or Mr. Ford who publicly told several aldermen to resign after calling their ethics into question. All you had to say was we support our volunteer council members. No lawsuit forced you to stay silent and so you allowed four reputations to be publicly vilified. Please do the right thing tonight. Do not accept the settlement without modifications. Remove the drawings and details and say there will be a single family home fronting Westminster the condominium will be residential in scale and follow the 17 standards, and there will be no staging of either project in Westminster. Thank you. Thank you. Next is uh, Reed Daly. No, no, we don't do that. You can. You're willing to speak. You're you're allowed to speak. We don't have. We generally don't do presentations, demonstrations, and so forth. You're you're perfectly willing to. You're perfectly. Can you guys see my computer? You can. I can see the headline. Can you see it? Yeah, but you need to speak into the microphone. Okay. Can you guys see it? Let's speak over here. I can't 
see. It, please, please make your comments. Does anyone have a USB core that I can hook to their presentation? Your time is running. Uh, sir, you're out of order. We specifically asked you not to do this, and you're ignoring us. I, I'm not. You, you asked me to do three minutes. I'm just. Well, you, you, I would recommend that you start speaking. Okay, so, so I can show you guys this. Way. So I'm at uh, 385. I'm the uh, property adjacent to the uh, or behind the Donovan House, adjacent to the proposed uh, presentation or uh, new property. So four topics I want to talk about. Size step up, uh, impact on local residents, uh, Christmas in July, that's what I'll call it. NASCAR pileup, tasks, revenue, and garage. So um, what you can see here is the master plan with the original presentation, uh, and I'll show you colors. So you can see how the sizing is. Uh, you can see that there was a step up in size in the 2021 rejected plan. And then, once again, I put them side to side. Now, I know it's hard with the, the, the distance here, so what I've done is I've color coordinated it. So you can see just the step up of the 2016, 2021, and 2022. So significant step up, and then removing sort of the backscapes just to see the size. So um, unfortunately, as a resident in a historic area with trees, this is what I bought in 2016. It was beautiful, a lot of trees. We talked about all the trees. Unfortunately, this is what my property looks like now. Damage, weather, water runoff, nothing there, construction, trash. It's a shame. This is what I see right now, and that's building number two. So that is significantly further away. This is what I will see from my place. So. I'm going to see 35 plus windows, 25 additional exterior lights. That's just based on my estimates, 10 plus big screens and 10 plus air conditions. So that's why I call it Christmas in July. And then the next thing I've got is my uh, residence here at 351, a pile up. I've got 20 plus additional cars coming out of the condo, two additional cars coming out of the home. Um, from a tax revenue standpoint, we've got millionaires and billionaires that purchased the original Units consider transitioning back to smaller units to have more people living here full time where those dollars aren't flying down to Florida or Arizona. Um, also, I will say, if it does get approved, I will just tell you guys, you'll see me again. I would like to propose a two-story garage with a roof to mimic the properties that exist there to block out any lights against the 36 windows that are proposed. Thank you for my time. I'm under my three minutes. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, uh, that concludes public comment.